We are now continuing with Jesus, the promised Messiah of Judaism with Roy Shulman. Hi, it's Roy Shulman, and you're listening to Jesus, the promised Messiah of Judaism, the show on Radio Maria that celebrates the Jewish roots of the Catholic Church, or seen the other way around, that celebrates the fulfillment, the full realization of all of the promise of Judaism in the Catholic Church and her sacraments. Well, we are just coming on, coming into Lent. We, Lent has just begun. And what is Lent about? Well, Lent is about, among other things, the seriousness of sin, the need for repentance, but above all, how much God loves us and how much God wants us to be with him for all eternity and how much God has sacrificed and suffered in order to enable our redemption, our salvation, and yet the need for us to repent and the need for us to turn to God, and yet at the same time that God, once we have repented and turned to him, does not care about our past, he only cares about our future, which he wants to be a future, an unending future, a future in eternity, for eternity, in unspeakable bliss and peace and love in his immediate presence, despite whatever our past might have been. And all we have to do is turn to him with a contrite heart and repent. And if we're Catholic, make use of the sacraments. And that future awaits us and our past is erased. Now, in that light, I think it is propitious, providential perhaps even, that I have a guest for today's show who has an amazing witness testimony, conversion story. Um, I haven't known him for a long time. He has been a regular on my uh, YouTube channel. I have a daily uh, live stream, and he is a frequent participant. And I have gotten to know him through that. And he was kind enough to share his story with me. And I asked him to share his story with you. So with that uh, brief introduction, I hope. Are you there, David? Yeah, I'm here, uh, Harry. Great. Uh, great. Well, I want to thank you for agreeing to do this. And um, I know that it is going to be edifying in both directions. I mean, I tried to set it up, tee it up a little bit, because... Of course, uh, God's grace and his um, forgiveness and his welcoming you is very evident in your story, um, as is, uh, well, never mind, I'll let you tell it. So why don't you just launch in? All right. Um, well, I guess I, just to give a little background of myself, I was, I was born and raised in a traditional Catholic family, uh, went to Mass every day, I went to a Catholic grade school in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, up until the seventh grade. Then we moved to uh, Dallas. And I quit going to Catholic school, went to a public school. But, of course, at that age, when you lose all your friends, as I did, establishing friendships isn't the easiest thing in the world to do for some of us, like myself. <clears throat> so I kind of, um, uh, I guess you could say, I, I, you know, I just kind of lost interest in everything with school and trying to make friends. I felt out of place, and uh, I was a late bloomer, of course, and and wasn't as mature, I suppose, as the other kids when it came to uh, 
uh, dating and things like that. And so uh, eventually, you know, I just dropped out of high school. And, uh, but they, well, I should say I wanted to drop out of high school and they stopped me. They had a work program there where they said, you can just go to work. You don't even have to come to school and we'll check with your boss and, and that'll be your grade and you can graduate with the class. So that's what I did from the 10th grade on. And I was just a dishwasher at a, everybody's eating there probably red lobster. (laughs) And, uh, and so I graduated in 76 with my, with the people that went to school, high school there. And, and, uh, after that, I, I worked for about a half a year doing odd jobs. And then I went into the military, into the air force. Uh, you know, thank God I had that, that high school diploma or I wouldn't have been able to even do that. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I got discharged with an honorable discharge in 81 from uh, the Air Force, and one of the things I unfortunately learned in the Air Force was how t- it was the uh, drug business, <clears throat> uh, buying and selling drugs, which is kind of unfortunate, you know. But nevertheless, it happened, and uh, and I developed a uh, a knack, you might say, for finding. Uh, People and uh, people that were into this kind of thing, and so for the really up until <clears throat> up until I was about thirty eight years old, I I lived this double life of uh, of uh, working. I worked to some construction work, and eventually went back to work. And I went to work back to work in restaurants. Uh, because you know, back then you didn't work when the weather was bad, and and I got tired of that. We were in a rainy season, and I started to get hungry, and so I got a job at a restaurant, and uh, actually as a dishwasher again, and uh, worked my way up to cook. But I always ate, you know, and I, you know, but it was a you know minimum wage job basically, and then I worked in several chain restaurants, you know, around Dallas, Fridays and some other ones, some high volume restaurants and, and learned the business pretty good. But the whole time I was doing drugs, you know, I was always on drugs and, uh, not just pot, you know, meth, coke. I think we should wait, 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 wait. Uh, let's be sensitive to who the audience might be. So, yeah, so just, we don't have to go into too and, much detail uh, in that direction. And, and so, uh, eventually I got a job in a hotel under a French chef, very similar to the show Hell's Kitchen. It was, it was, it was a Omni hotel. It was high volume and it was under a French chef and, and (laughs) he was old school. And, uh, but I learned a lot from him. I learned, uh, how to manage my time, how to take responsibility for my actions. And, uh, and one day while working there, I asked myself this question, uh, as I was leading this double life, what, you know, what am I doing? What, what is life about? Is this all there is to it? You know, just living this alternate lifestyle that was doing me no good, 
very sinful lifestyle. Uh, you know, I had left the church the minute I, I got in the military, you know, when I wasn't, my parents would make us go to church. So, you know, it was one of those type of things. And, and so, I, you know, I really didn't know who Christ was. I had no idea really of anything about God. I never learned it in the, in the school. I was at the, at the Catholic grade school and never paid attention in church. So, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I guess the Lord heard me. And uh, a cook that was working for me was a, a Vietnam veteran. He'd been a um, a medic in Vietnam, and he came over to my house one day, and he saw. And I was into all kinds of books. I was studying Taoism and Islam and Judaism and Ninjutsuism. <clears throat> pardon me. And and I had a lot of Bibles. I would go to half price books. I used to love that place, and I and what I still do. And I would go in there and just buy all kinds of books just studying, you know, for the meaning of life and what all, what all was out there. And he noticed I had a bunch of Bibles and he said, Oh, I see you like the Bible. Have you ever read that? And I said, no, you know, I've always, uh, I've been meaning to get to it. I haven't done it, but I'd like to. And he said, I tell you what, if you read just one verse, it'll take hold of you. And, uh, and I did, and it did. And, uh, Really, that was the beginning of my walk with the Lord, and it, and it really changed my life. I was just enamored with the Word of God. I just couldn't get enough of it. I'd, I'd go on a, a smoke break, and instead of smoking, I would go in the locker room at the hotel, and I would pull out my Bible and read a few verses and then go back to work. And it and it really just lifted me up, and, and, and you know, it's hard to describe. So anyway... <clears throat> Uh, I worked there eight years, and then I changed jobs because I was, uh, by that time, I was 38 years old. I, I worked there, I started there when I was 30, and by the time I was 38, you know, I didn't have any benefits or anything, and I was thinking about, you know, somebody was talking about retirement, and I was like, oh, I never thought about that. So, <laughs> so I went to work for a local municipality just north of Dallas, and uh Took a $900 a month pay cut and pay, but I, and I started out at $7.54 an hour as a laborer trainee learning the water business. And I and I learned that, and I kind of flourished in it, and I got my license in water and sewer, became a crew leader, and then eventually got promoted and worked out of City Hall as a construction inspector. And then I got married to a, a woman that was... You know, I want to put the blame on her totally. It was blame was on me too. She wasn't that great as far as uh, she wasn't a godly woman. I'll put it that way. And uh, and ended up getting divorced. But in the before the divorce, I I got real depressed and <clears throat> excuse me and <clears throat> and just had lost my. I had quit going to church. I had become a Mormon. Uh, it's, it, you know, and, uh, uh, but I had quit doing that and I, uh, and so I turned back to my old way of life and ended up, uh, getting into running with gang members of two different gangs, pretty large gangs. I won't say who they are, but people would know them if I said who they were. And uh, started getting involved in criminal activity, and then I got fired because you can't 
you can't live both lives. It's impossible. And, and I remember a person telling me, they said, when I got back on those drugs, they said, you know what's going to happen to you? And I said, what? They said, you're going to lose your job and you're going to lose everything you have. And I said, oh, I can handle it. And, but they were the, they were the prophetic voice, not me. They, uh, and I did, I ended up losing everything. So, uh, one day, uh, I had drifted into a bad relationship and had a, a woman of uh, ill repute living with me who was a drug addict. And we got in a fight in downtown. And the, uh, and as we fought, she took off and the cops <clears throat> surrounded me and arrested me. Well, by this time, I'm skipping through a lot of things. By this time, I was on probation for four years. I'd already been arrested for drugs three times and, uh, and an assault and, and, uh, and a tampering charge. And, and so with a lot of money and, and some jail time and a good lawyer, I was put on four years probation with, a, with about 200 hours of community service. And uh, so then I got in this fight and I got arrested again and they found drugs on me. And so when they're taking me to the, uh, to the county jail, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to prison. And I said, I'm not going to be able to do that. And so I faked a heart attack in the back of the squad car. And I had already had heart failure in 2009. This was in 2015. And, but I used to be a big muscle head. You know, I was taking steroids and all that. So I ended up ruining my heart. And, uh, so back to the squad car. So they took me to the emergency room and the doctor noticed I had a bulge in my stomach and I'd gotten that by helping a gang member steal a motorcycle about a couple of weeks prior to that. And it was a bulge and it kept getting bigger and bigger and it started to hurt. And he said, what's that? And I said, well, I don't know. And he, so the next thing I know, uh, he's doing emergency surgery. And I said, okay, you know, it's going to keep me out of jail. <laughs> yeah, it'll be better than jail. So uh, that's when God started to really work in my life uh, in, a, in a dramatic way. So, uh, so what happened was I died on the operating table of heart, lung, and kidney failure. And uh, I guess they put me in a body bag because I remember being in a yellow body bag and thinking, what am I? What's, what is this? What's going on here? And and it being dragged through water is kind of a strange vision or whatever. And so the next thing I knew, I was bear hunting in Mexico on my way to bear hunt in Mexico, which I thought was strange. Let, let me let me just uh, interrupt because I want this to be clear to everybody. Um, okay, so you were... You, um, Okay, you 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 died on the operating table. So just like from the perspective of the doctors in the room, you were dead. Yeah, I was clinically dead. And uh, for how long? how long? For about how long? I don't know, but they, I, it was a, at least a few minutes. I think they okay. put me in a body bag, actually, and maybe I came back but, to life. And but uh, they called my well. The parents, reason and my parents the reason I stopped there you. and they called a priest. And okay. the priest came and gave me last rites. And then I, they revived me to 30 beats a minute. <clears throat> and they told my parents, well, he's going to be a vegetable. 
<clears throat> excuse me. They said he's going to be a vegetable, and or if he does survive, he's not going to be the same. And then I went into a 42-day coma, and that's when I started seeing all this stuff. Okay, I just wanted that to be clear, you know, because you weren't really going bear hunting. No, no, this, <laughs> straight from the hospital. Things that happened while I was in my coma. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and I. As you, and I won't go into all of it because it gets monotonous, but I just went, I saw all kinds of things. Went all around the world, went, went back into the 19, for some reason I was in World War II, I was in the 1940s, uh, I was in China, I was in, uh, you know, with some Amish people that were not real good. And uh, then I... Uh, and at one time I was flying, I had these huge wings and I flew into this house, inside of a house. And I was strapped to a chair like I wrote in my paper that you have. And in front of me were like these monks, but they were, I could only see from their shoulders up and I thought they were like short, but they were in black hoods. And to my right, I could see the doctors, but my feet were like eagle's feet. They had talons and they were strapped to a bar to the chair. And I was shaking my feet, trying to get out of the chair. My parents said later on when I came out of the coma, yeah, we remember you shaking your feet like that. Uh, we didn't know what you were doing. So all this was not literal. It was just things that I saw in my coma. And so I woke up. This was on January 9th. And I woke, uh, I woke up, uh, some, I don't even know the month or the time, but in a nursing home. And I thought I was strapped down to the bed, but I wasn't. I was paralyzed from the neck down. And I had a trach in my throat. And I couldn't speak. And I was be just totally out of it. And, and so finally, I got pneumonia twice while in the nursing home. And while I was back in the hospital, the second time, I started to, the fog started to lift out of my head. Now, one thing I do want to make, I want to say, my mom said I forgot to tell you, was when I was dying, uh, I, what, what happened was, uh, while I was dying, I could hear my sister saying to me, I have two sisters, and one of them was saying, don't die, David, don't die. And as I was dying, I knew I was dying. And I was like peeling off into an abyss that was behind me. And, and I was laying on my, on my stomach and my face and on the left side of my head. And I remember saying, all I said was not like this, not like this. And the next thing I knew I was waking up out of my coma. And, uh, and then, and so I was in the hospital the second time with pneumonia and the fog lifting out of my head, and I could barely move my hands. But instantly I knew that I was so ashamed of the way I'd been living. It hit me so hard that I was so ashamed of the way I'd been living. And that I had offended, I had offended God so bad. And, um, and, and I told my mom, I didn't tell her I wrote it because I couldn't speak. I wrote with my right hand, my fingers, they held a pad down by my hand. And I wrote kind of like holding it like a kindergartner would hold a crayon. I wrote, I am so ashamed. And, uh, 
And they said, is there anything you want us to get you? And I said, I wrote Bible. And they brought me a Bible. I couldn't read it. I just wanted it next to me because I knew there's power in the Word of God. And uh, and so once I recuperated from that pneumonia, they, they took me back to the nursing home. And by God's grace, I uh, I started to, uh, everything started to come back. You know, I, I got to where I could roll over on my side. Uh, the hard thing was learning how to walk and, and learn how to feed myself again. Literally, I was reborn again, uh, the way I feel about it. And um, I know I'm skipping around and leaving a lot of stuff out. It's probably confusing, but... but uh, I, I, the, the first time I could walk, you know, was a ma- was a major thing. And they, and I kept wanting to go home. I had, I had lost everything, uh, before I, uh, went, before I went in the hospital and died on the table, I, they auctioned off my house I, and they, and gang members came in and took everything I had and, uh, that I'd worked for, you know, for 40 years. And, um, so I literally had nothing. I had some pets, and I ended up losing all of those except one dog that I had that I'd gotten. He was a puppy, and my parents brought him back to the house, and they were keeping him for me. And they gave me a picture in the nursing home, a picture of him, and I just I just wanted to make it back to see him, you know. And uh, and so, uh, so eventually, you know, it was always something there. Well, when you can get the trach out, you know, you can come home. And then it was, well, when you can, you know, when you can go to the bathroom on your own, you can come home. When you can walk, you can come home. Well, finally I was able to do all those things and I came home and, uh, <clears throat> and saw my dog, you know, and, uh, but I turned my life to God. I, I mean, I, I decided right then I'm yours. I want nothing else. I, I, I desire nothing else you have given me another chance and I'm not going to blow it. And, uh, and so I spend my time. That's what I do now. I spend my time, uh, if I'm not praying, I'm working on a revision of the Douay Reams Bible that I've decided I started in March. And, uh, I, I, I visit your rosary site when you, when you're saying the rosary and a couple other Catholic sites, but I, I was never on the internet until, uh, Really, just last year, I, I didn't even, I never, even, it's just nothing that ever appealed to me. But doing the research and things dealing with the Bible, I got on YouTube and noticed some good show, good sites like you have, you know, which I'm so thankful for. You, you know, you have changed a lot of people's lives and are changing a lot of people's lives. And, and that with, 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 something you're doing that you don't have to do. You could be doing something else. And I, and I want to praise you for that and, and thank you for that, Roy. You're, you're a good man. And, uh, and that's really, you know, I don't really have any much else to add to what I've told you unless you've got something you would like to know. No, that's, that's really, really beautiful. Um, just, uh, I guess, uh, um, uh, let me think. Okay. Um, number one, uh, what, I don't know how to put it, but how did, what was it like to start going to church again? In other words, you must have had to kind of like, um, introduce yourself to a priest and go to confession and, 
um, you know, kind of get with the program again. Was that was that interesting at all? That process. Well, yeah, you know, one thing I did I forgot to tell you is when I died, I didn't go to heaven. I went to hell. And uh, well, that could wake you up. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was, uh, it, and the thing about hell <clears throat> for me, anyway, was that um, when I first got there, I was in this. It was like a tunnel. Well, I said hallway, but it's more like a tunnel, an earthen tunnel. And in the walls of that tunnel were these undulating faces <clears throat> that would they would they would kind of come out at you and then be drawn back in <clears throat> sorry to the wall. And they had the gnashing teeth, these gnashing pointed teeth, monster type faces. And then that led into this large area where I went into, and it's all very dimly lit, very dimly lit. Not dark, but very dim. And there was this groaning noise, uh, just a horrible, horrific, horror movie-style groaning. And as I looked around, it was coming from this creature that was moving around, uh, I don't know, like a blob or something. I had a single eye on it, and that eye would move around and rotate and and as if it was looking for things and there was i remember a guy sitting in there sitting on a sitting on something and looking at me with just despair in his eyes and the most uh depressed look on his face like uh, something i've never seen now the one thing i noticed right away and i was aware of it and i guess that's why when i woke up I was so ashamed of the way I'd been living and turned to God was that I was disconnected from God. And you know, you're disconnected from, from the divine, you know, you're and I could tell when I was involved in all the bad things I was involved in, I was still connected to God, be it by a, a thread, there was still a connection, but there the connection was severed and there, it is so despairing so suffocating so you're so filled without with no hope total despair beyond anything you can even think of you you can't understand it if you haven't while you're alive it's impossible because while you're alive no matter who you are you're still connected to god even though he may give you over to a reprobate mind if you call upon him he's there for you and he'll come to you. But in hell, it's not that way. And uh, and just for those who may think hell is not real, uh, it is. It's very real. And if you die in a sinful, in a, in, out of, in a sinful way that I did, I was living my life and I was, I committed millions of mortal sins, millions of them. And and, I, and the last thing I thought about was God. I didn't even call upon him when I was dying. I just said, not like this. And, but but he heard that, you know, and he heard that cry. And also he heard the prayers of my parents. My dad, rest his soul, he died in 2019. He was a very holy, righteous man who prayed the rosary more than once a day his whole life. 
until he was 85 years old every day. And I remember him doing that and thought, you know, me and him, I, he can't be my dad. We're so much different, <laughs> you know, and to me, you know, and, but now I see, I have so many of the traits that he had now, now that I've turned to the Lord. Uh, yes, I can tell that I am from his blood, but yeah, getting back to hell, it was a, it was a horrible, horrible thing. And one thing I remember was, um, after that, I was, I was in, I was trapped in this place, like, like between two black latex layers. I don't, it's hard to describe. And within those two layers, there were these two guys and they were catching these pearls. And as you looked up, you could see way up a ledge, and it looked like female, you know, girl angels, young, hanging over the ledge, dropping these pearls down, and these two guys were catching them. And and as they caught enough of them, I was released. And I look back on that now and think, well, those were prayers being said. And once a certain amount of prayers were said, I got released out of that, whatever that was, but, but yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah. The hell thing was a very, uh, traumatic thing. And, and when I was, when I did move back home, I would, I would cry for about the first two years. I would cry every day, go out in the backyard and plead with God, just plead with him to not ever let that, let me go astray because you can be sifted like we don't think that you can't be. If you go, if you start doing the wrong things, hanging with the wrong people, uh, you're going to get, Satan's going to take over and he's going to sift you like wheat and you're going to go down hard, you know, just like I did and like so many have, but God is merciful. And through the prayers of many, my mom went around to the Mormons and the Pentecostals and the Catholics, all the churches I had joined and, and had them praying for me and they were praying for me. And so. Prayers do matter. You may think prayers don't matter, but they do matter. You may think there's no hell, but there is a hell. And there is a God that loves you and cares for you. You know, I, I was reading Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2 last night. And God is telling Israel, what did I do that was so wrong that you left me? You know, and I I felt, you know, like, like um, you know, uh, you know, we God gets offended. You know, Jesus gets offended when we sin, when we turn away from him. He's done so much for us, so much. Why? It's like being in a relationship and, and somebody's cheating on you. And you think, what did I do wrong? Why? Why? You know, and that's the same thing when we do. When we sin, we turn our back on God. You know, when he's, he's so loving and so careful to do everything and everything right for us. And, and these are the things that hit me so hard that, um, that I just give my life to him every day. I'm his, I don't want to be in another relationship. My relationship is with him and nothing. Once you die and you realize life is so short, all the frivolous things that people argue about, you know, on, on just the corniest things, you know, that seem so important at the time, they're nothing. You know, I always try to bear in mind if I was on my deathbed, would this mean anything? And if not, then I really need to think about, is it worth my time? And, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm babbling now. So 
No, you're not. You're you're preaching, brother. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful, oh. and it's it's um, uh, I don't know how to put it, but but you, you got the street cred. You know, you 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 know, you can tell that this is all absolutely real, absolutely real, and it's you know. You know, everyone says it in a different voice, but everyone says it. I mean, everyone, uh, I don't know how to put it, but, but, you know, we live forever. And if things aren't going to matter to us a million years from now, they shouldn't matter us to us much today. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything you said is just so beautiful, how much God loves us and how it's a relationship and and how much he's always ready to receive us and everything. This has been incredibly beautiful. Let me, um, um, uh, you know what? I'm going to do something. I hope it's not rude, but may I read the uh, one of the prayers that you you sent me? Because I'm afraid if you read it, you're just, you're just going to start bawling. I probably will. Let, let me add one more thing before you do, Roy. And that is, I just want everybody to know, I, you know, I, I see on the chat lines, you have a, with people on your prayer line, on your prayer, on your rosary prayer line, you know, God's blessing to them because they're lovely people. And I know sometimes people may think that, uh, you know, they have a lot of problems and things like that, you know, but just trust in the Lord, just trust in the Lord. And if you don't think you have a job to do or you don't have any place, you know, in, in his church or in the world, you do. Everybody, everybody has a specific purpose and a specific job that God wants them to do. You just open yourself up to it and let him lead you. Don't, don't try to force it, and, uh, and it'll happen. And, and so just trust, in the, just trust in Jesus. That's all. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, do you want to leave us there? Do you have anything more on your heart, too? No, I'll just hang up and I'll listen on the uh, computer here and listen to you read the prayer. Okay, great. Well, I, I uh, assuming that the uh, studio is listening, I we usually take a short musical break about halfway through. And I think uh, a lot of us could use taking a deep breath and taking a short break because that was so, so moving and, and so powerful. So if, uh, assuming that you're queued up and everything. Um, we'll have a short, a short musical break now, and I'll be back in, in two or three minutes. You've been listening to Jesus, the Promised Messiah of Judaism with your host, me, Roy Shulman, on Radio Maria. And today we have been hearing the witness testimony of a, most, of a very compelling um, return to God from uh, David, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to him for it. And with that, um, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Thank you, Roy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We are now returning to Jesus, the promised Messiah of Judaism with Roy Shulman. Hi, welcome back. I think I needed that little breather to recover from... Um, David's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful witness testimony. And as I mentioned uh, before that lovely musical break, um, he also sent me a couple of, uh, actually two prayers that he wrote that are very, very beautiful. And I think they're both um, 
very appropriate also for, for Lent. So um, I asked his permission before the show if I could read them, and I will do that now. Um, so, and these are, again, these are the prayers that, that David had um, had been, I, I don't know what to say, had 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 come out of David, I guess is the best way to say, in his new relationship with the Lord and in his um, uh, gratitude. Anyway, I'll just read the prayers. Uh, here's the first one. O Lord, teach me thy will, that I may know thy will. Show me thy will, that I may do thy will. Strengthen me, that I may fulfill all thy will. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, forgive us, for we have sinned against thee by turning away from thee in our selfish pride, and in our hateful arrogance towards one another we have offended thee, O Lord our God. Lord, forgive us, have mercy on us, for we have forgotten thee and have become an ungrateful and hard-hearted people, only concerned with our money and our pleasures. O Lord, thy word says that thou chastisest severely, but did not give David thy servant over to death. Spare us, O Lord, as thou did thy servant David, who loves thee with his whole heart. Lord, we love thee, O Lord, have mercy on us, for we are ignorant of thy word and thy ways, and have forgotten thee often, because of our selfish pride and hardened hearts. Forgive us, Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. Lord, we are without an excuse for our sins, for we have taken thee out of our schools and out of our civil affairs. For thou knowest, Lord, that we still profess one nation under God, indivisible, but have become divided, and only profess thee in word and not in deed. Only with thy help, O Lord, can we survive, for we have gone astray as a people, and have reaped what we have sown as a nation. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Lord, teach us, so that we will not fail thee as a people who look to thee for our daily bread, but often forget thee, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. Save us, O Lord, for thou art strong and we are weak, and have become a fat and lazy people. Lord, thy mercy and kindness are forever toward those who love thee. We praise thee, O Lord, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Son of the one and only God, the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is one, the Lord God, King of kings, and Lord of lords. Lord, teach us by thy Holy Spirit that we may be converted in our hearts out of faith and love for thee and for our neighbor. We ask thee to please hear this our prayer, and we ask thee in thy Son's most holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 <laughs> I have too much uh, res respect for David and the path he has taken to um, to make uh, off-the-cuff comments about this, I guess. Um, it's... it's uh, you, you heard his story. You heard where he was before he turned to the Lord. You heard how deeply he was enmeshed in the tentacles of Satan 
and how deeply he had dived into the cesspool of sin. And I don't want to say how little it took, but how with, with one heartfelt cry out to God, not like this, Lord, or just not like this, um, God, <laughs> God, with as much love and tenderness as you could imagine, rescued him. And not because of uh, David's past life pleasing God at all, but because of God's sovereign love and sovereign mercy and the fact that he would not have created any soul if he didn't want that soul to be with him for all eternity in heaven. I think that it's universally said among the saints that when one thinks about all of the suffering of the Passion, all of the suffering of Jesus, first of all, throughout his life, and then throughout the time of his Passion, um, his, um, his agony in the garden, his, his scourging at the pillar, his crowning with thorns, his carrying of the cross, his nailing, being nailed to the cross, his crucifixion itself, uh, virtually every saint says he would have undergone all of that to save a single human soul. He would have undergone all of that to save you, Jane, or you, Sam, or you, Natalia, or whoever is out there listening. To save you, he would have undergone all of that to gain the grace for your salvation. And that's how much he loves us. That's how much he loved David. And therefore, it just took it just took his it just took David's turning to the Lord, for the Lord to pour out all of that grace that brought him from. Basically, I, I don't I, I don't want to dive into that cesspool, but I don't want to say every form of sin you can imagine, but quite a quite a rich palette of sins that you can imagine to living for the Lord and loving the Lord, and even better than that and more than that, looking forward to an eternity of bliss in intimacy with the Lord. And that didn't come from David. It came from God's love for him as it comes from God's love for us. And St. Therese of the Child Jesus, um, I believe her spiritual director said that he thought that she had never she had never committed a, a mortal sin in all of her life. And her response or her reaction to that is, you know, whether I was the greatest sinner and God in his mercy and in his generosity gave me the grace of repentance and salvation, that's wonderful. And if I didn't sin, it's still due to God's grace and God's mercy that he simply protected me from sin before I sinned, rather than pulling me out of the sin after I sinned. It's all one. It's all one. If any of us end up in heaven, if any of us are saved, it is because of God's love for us and because of God's sacrifice for us and because of the grace that God pours out for us. And um, that should be what Lent is all about. That is what Lent is all about. It is the one time of the year when we focus uh, on our salvation, we focus on our repentance, we focus on the need for repentance, and we uh, try to make ge additional gestures of love to God, which is really what the fasting is all about. 
um, and the uh, whatever additional prayer, whatever additional devotions one engages uh, during Lent. It's an opportunity to, you know, it's just like if you're married, right? Even if you're married like for 25 years, sometimes you will go on a second honeymoon or something, or you will, um, you know, carve out a little time to be closer to your spouse for that week than you are the rest of the year. That's what Lent is, right? It's a little period of the year where that we carve out to um, try to work on our relationship with God a little more than the rest of the year. Um, and I think that's that's you know that's how we how we should see it. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm down to the last couple of minutes of the show, so I want to read uh, another prayer of, of David's. Um, I asked him for this permission too. I'm going to. Um, make this prayer GP rated, so to speak. Not GP, general, whatever it's called, but child-friendly compared to um, its original form because as you heard from the witness testimony, uh, David lived a quite disorderly life and um, in his mea culpus in this prayer, there's some explicitness about that sin that, that I'm, I'm going to kind of slide, skate over. Oh, great and sovereign Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the Lord God of Israel, thou art my God in whom I trust, and to thee do I give thanks and praise. I adore thee, for thou art most holy, my God and my Lord. In thee do I place all my confidence, in thee do I place all my trust. Thou art my protector and my salvation, my redeemer and my love, my first beginning and my last end. And thou dost have in the palm of thy hand, which is almighty and most powerful, with the power and love to change the hearts of men and women to the good which thou art, O my God. O Lord, I humbly beseech thee to convert those who are in irregular relationships in their lives, who live in violation of your laws for purity and for marriage. Um, of those who abuse the faculties which you give them for the joys of marriage, who abuse drugs, abuse alcohol, abuse chemicals which you give for the good of mankind but which they use abusively, of, um, to convert those who are users and manipulators of others, as I was, of thieves, as I was, of those who are disrespectful to their parents, as I was, of liars, as I was, of those addicted to pornography, as I was, for those who have left thy holy church and been unfaithful with other churches, denying the truth, as I was. Forgive me, my Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God, for as thou knowest, for most of my life I was guilty of all of the aforementioned and I am sorry and ashamed of my actions. And for the pain that I have caused thee and thy most sacred heart, for the pain I have caused thy blessed mother, my mother Mary, and her most immaculate heart, and my parents and my family and my neighbor throughout my life, let me ever be mindful of thy grace and favor which thou hast bestowed upon me, and the prayers of others that were and are now offered for me, by those of whom I know not and love, and of those of whom I know and love. Thou hast shown great mercy toward me, O Lord, and have forgiven me, 
and brought me back into the fold with thy loving arms, and have embraced me as one of thy children through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So I humbly beseech thee, O Lord God, for the conversion of those who are trapped by the lies of Satan in these most grievously sinful and wicked lifestyles. Free them, O Lord, as thou hast freed me, and hast brought me to the knowledge of thy truth, which is Jesus Christ, my Lord and God. Stir them to repentance, Lord, and when they turn to thee, wash away their sins into the sea of forgetfulness with the blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, for his sacrifice is most powerful and mighty, and no evil can stand against it through Christ our Lord. I love thee, O my God, O how I love thee, and my thankfulness and love for thee I will never be able to express totally in words alone. Please look upon my heart, for it is now clean for thy to dwell in, for thee to dwell in. I praise thee and adore thee, O my God, who art all powerful and holy, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I love thee and thank thee, and I look forward to praising thee in heaven with all the saints and holy angels, and with thine and my and my blessed other Mary, and her most chaste spouse, Saint Joseph. I thank thee and I love thee, and I give to thee all that I have for thy glory, all of my works, my will, my heart, mind, body, and soul, to do with me as thou seest to do, O my loving, merciful, and faithful, and almighty God, through thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And that prayer came from the heart and the pen of uh, David, who you just heard give his witness testimony. And there is absolutely nothing to add to that. So I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to Jesus, the Promised Messiah of Judaism on Radio Maria with me, your host, Roy Showman. And we have had the great pleasure and privilege of hearing the witness testimony of one of the straying lost sheep that Jesus rescued. And now, well, you've heard him and you've heard his prayer, so there's nothing more I can add. Thank you for listening, and uh, please tune in again next week, same time, same place, on Radio Maria for Jesus the Promised Messiah of Judaism. Bye for now.